today can be found in Luke chapter 1, verses 39 to 55. The reading can be found on page 1025 in your pew Bibles. Mary visits Elizabeth. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favoured that the mother of my Lord should come to visit me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he said to our fathers. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So let's pray for Martin before he preaches. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Martin and we pray you bless him and inspire him as he preaches your word today. May his words bear fruit in our lives and in the life of this church, Christ Church. We ask it in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Oh, good morning, everyone. It's lovely to be with you and in a slightly cooler climate than the last time I preached. Uh, that was in Liberia three weeks ago and it was very hot, very humid, and I was totally drenched in sweat by the end of it. Uh, I'm not sure how much of it people could see because I've been asked to wear African clothes as well, which had been bought for me the day before and were far too big. So it, I felt I was preaching in a sack. Uh, so preaching in a sack and absolutely wet through, I, I hope, well, today's hopefully going to be better than that. Uh, Mary's story. I, I love Mary's story. I, I don't know about you, but when I realized that uh, this was my topic for, for this week, I was, I was delighted. And my wife, Susie, said, I want to do that one. But uh, no, I was, I was going to keep hold of <laughs> preaching about Mary because her response to God 
absolutely phenomenal. And we heard in the reading about uh, her, her response when she met with Elizabeth. But even before that, I want to go back just a, a little bit in the story to when the angel comes to, to visit Mary and to announce to her that she will bear a son. As the angel says to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. And you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. So Mary asks how this could be because she's not married and she's still a virgin. And the angel explains how the Holy Spirit will overshadow her and she will conceive the Son of God. And Mary's response to this is, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. So at this stage, Mary's life is just is totally interrupted by God. We see that God has a plan here, a plan to give, to give birth to a son who will be the ruler, whose kingdom will never end. And we saw some of the story in the, the dark little video that uh, Tim had for us, went through the birth and the, the pathway to the cross. But we've also sung too about how Jesus then goes beyond the cross to the resurrection, to ruling and reigning forever. And Mary is chosen to play her part in this plan. And her response is simply, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then when we move on to the, the reading that we heard today, and Mary goes to her relative Elizabeth and is greeted by Elizabeth with Elizabeth's baby in her womb, leaping for joy. And then Elizabeth says to Mary, blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Blessed is Mary because she, actually, she really, truly understands, yes, God has chosen me. He's chosen me to bless me and to do something amazing through me that's part of his plan. And of course, Elizabeth, at this stage, is six months pregnant, and her husband, Zechariah, also had a visit from an angel. And Zechariah hadn't believed that what the angel said would come true. And so he had been silenced. And for six months now, Elizabeth has been living with a completely silent husband. <laughs> Maybe some of you would uh, <laughs> like a completely silent husband or wife for six months, I don't know. But it seems that maybe she's fed up with it now. Blessed are you, Mary, because you believed. Or maybe not quite in that tone of voice, but <laughs> in any case, 
Mary has had that faith in, in her heart that God has a plan. She is part of that plan. And her response is then to, to go into this wonderful song of praise to God. Because God has chosen her, a nobody from Nazareth, to play a significant part in his plan. And her song talks about how God works to actually turn the world upside down completely, choosing the humble people, choosing the people without any great influence, raising up the humble. But those people who are the rulers, who are clinging on to power, clinging on to controlling things, the people who are rich, those people God's not interested in. It's the humble people like Mary, the people who fear God, the people who respond like Mary did, I am the Lord's servant. I mentioned that I was out in Liberia. I went really to accompany a friend in what he was doing, and I knew I'd be doing some talks, but I didn't expect to be doing too much out there. But it, it turned out to be a very different experience to what I was expecting, because my friend and I turned out to be two of the three main speakers at a seven-day convention for the whole denomination, uh, which we weren't prepared for. And we did also visit some orphanages. But the thing that really struck me was the people that I was with. I could tell you absolutely wonderful Christmas story about the other main speaker, apart from my friend, a Liberian called Claudius Cooper, who is now a, a pastor in the States. But I won't tell you that story. Instead, there is the person who is in charge of the denomination, uh, Bishop Allen. And I want to tell you his story. Uh, he had grown up with football being his whole life. Everything for him revolved around playing football. And he was actually quite a good footballer. So good, in fact, that he was a Liberian international, which is pretty good going. One of his contemporaries was a footballer called George Weyer, who some people who are interested in football of a bit of old age may have <laughs> know about, the only African to be world footballer of the year. And he, as, a, as a young man, his whole life revolved around football, but he hadn't had really had any encounter with God. In fact, any time people did want to tell him about God, he would run. He would avoid it completely until one day he and the whole football team were with him, were out just walking through the streets on the way back from a game, and they heard people out on the streets praising God. And he just couldn't leave the, that place. God was pouring out <laughs> his spirit in some way upon him so that he was just fixed there. And that evening, he knew he had to go to church. And 
even before the preachers made any call for anyone to respond to God in any way, he had said, God, I am your servant. I will follow you. And just like Mary, his whole life was interrupted because God called him to give up football. That's a pretty tough call when it's been your whole life and you're an international footballer. But God said to him, give up football. But interestingly, God gave it back to him in a different way a bit later on. When he eventually established his church, he said, right, we're going to have a church football team. And guess what? The church football team is in the Liberian Premier League. <laughs> but what you expect. <laughs> so there were all these Premier League footballers in the church, which was quite fun. But Alan knew that he had been called by God, that God had a real purpose for him. But his response to that call from God wasn't, oh no, I've got to give up football. It was simply, I will praise God. I will praise God for all that he is doing in my life. All his call upon my life to serve him, all his plans for me, that is wonderful. I am going to praise and I'm going to worship him, just like Mary's response was one of, of glorifying God, praising him. And so Alan praised God. And that became the foundation of his church. It's called Jubilee Praise and Worship Center. There's no getting away from what it's all about for Alan. But God has a plan for Alan in Liberia. Liberia is one of the five poorest nations on earth. And it's suffered a lot from Ebola, and so a huge crisis in the land. Uh, there was another outbreak just as we arrived. It had been clear, and uh, I've got good news. I've, it's three weeks since I left, so now officially I am clear. I do not have Ebola, so you can relax. <laughs> but... God really took hold of Alan's life and, and said to him, I want you to help me in my plans to build my kingdom. And so, as well as establishing a church and a denomination, Alan's heart has been to work amongst orphans, the poorest people in the poorest country. And we went to some of the, the orphanages that he is involved in helping to run. And it was wonderful to see the orphans' response to him as he came to visit them. The real love that you could see in the orphans' hearts for Alan. So you could tell it wasn't just <laughs> a task that he was doing. It was something where he really connected with the orphans, the poorest of the poor. And... Whereas other people in Liberia are trying to build the biggest possible uh, church that they can. Even while we were there, heard on the radio about uh, some pastor who wanted to raise 1.7 million US dollars to build this cathedral in, in the capital. Yet yeah, Alan's focus is on the people in Liberia who have not heard, the people out in the villages 
not the important people, the rich people, but the humble people. And that's so much a reflection of God's heart that Mary saw. The humble people that God raises up, not the rich, not the powerful. And as Mary was called by God to make a difference, to be part of his amazing plan, so Alan has accepted that challenge and that call and laid down things like football and the other plans he had to be obedient to God as his humble servant and to allow God to move powerfully through him. And God is building his kingdom and he has a plan for each one of us in that. And he delights to choose the humble. He delights to choose the weak. He delights to choose people who the world would say, well, they can't do anything for God. But I don't know if you were like me, moved by the, worship, the dance in the worship earlier. People that the world may think of as humble can do great things for God. God's Holy Spirit can move powerfully through them. And for us, we may think, well, what have I got to, I can offer to God? Well, the little bit we have, God, as he did with Mary, pours out his Holy Spirit upon her and gives birth to something through us, through our lives, that will make a tremendous difference in this world. It doesn't depend on us. It depends on God's power to lift us up. But as God calls to us and says, I want to build my kingdom. I want you to play your part in this, the kingdom of my son coming to this earth. He calls us to respond like Mary. In humble obedience. In faith. And in praise to him. Praise to him because he is the one who will do it. He is the one we need to rely on. Praise to him because he has good plans. He is a good God. His kingdom is a kingdom of love. And we are all called to build it together. So let's pray. Father, I, I thank you for, for wonderful examples of people like Mary, people like Alan in Liberia, of people who have said yes to you, to obey you fully, whatever the cost to themselves. And as a result, have played a key part in building your kingdom. And Lord, we don't all have notable parts to play, things that the, to do that the world is going to look at us and say, how wonderful. But each of us has something that we can do, whether it's in our family, in our community, through our church or whatever, to build your kingdom as we do it together with, with each other. Lord, we ask that you would help us see what it is that you are calling us to do. And we ask that you would help us respond with a heart of humility, a heart of faith, and a heart of praise, knowing that you are the God who will work through us to achieve your purposes. 
It doesn't depend on us. Thank you for the privilege of working together with you, of living together with you. Thank you for the gift of Christmas where your son came to us to start this wonderful process of salvation, of bringing in his kingdom. And thank you for your call on us to play our part to, with you in that. Thank you, Father. Amen. Thank you, Martin.